0: God cannot deliver the unrighteous. Only those that come by faith in Jesus Christ and forsake the world, forsake their old life, and they become new creatures in Jesus Christ, and they begin to walk a walk of faith in obedience to the Word of God. Those are the people God honors. No,' was such a person.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message concludes our study of Noah's singular faith and uncompromising walk with God. We'll get a final challenge from Raul as we reflect on Noah's astounding choice to follow the Lord, leading his family in righteousness when everyone else in the world had turned their backs on God. We'll dive deeply into the parallels between our day and the times of Noah. Here's Raul Reese with today's lesson.
0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And the title of my message this morning is, Are We Living in the Days of Noah? I don't know if you ever read the story of Noah, but it's interesting that not only the actual story begins in the book of Genesis chapter 6, and then as you read the New Testament, Jesus and Peter... And Luke and many others mentioned Noah. Noah was a a very special person that God used and called at a time when the world population was growing to 1 billion people. Today we have close to 8 billion people. And it was a time where Noah was very concerned about the world. Adam and Eve had fallen already, and God had judged. And now he was living in a time where it had never rained on the earth. There was a canopy over the earth, and it would actually bring a mist upon the earth. And the whole world was not tilted yet, but it was a place like Hawaii, beautiful, just gorgeous, in vegetation, And at the same time, where Noah lived, there was no water at all. The ocean was distant, and there were no rivers. And all of a sudden, God comes to Noah one day, and He begins to share with him something of importance. Listen to what it says in chapter 6 of Genesis, verse 3, our key verse this morning. He says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, For he indeed is flesh, and yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. Now, why would God give such a warning to that generation that really was happening, and things were really moving rapidly, and they were growing? You go back to chapter 5, verse 21 to 24 of Genesis, and Enoch Had lived 365 years. And one day he went outside to take a walk. And the Bible says that as he was walking, the Lord came and took him home. And he never died. Same thing happened to Elijah. A fiery chariot came by, picked him up, and took him to heaven. And now God comes to Noah after taking... This man by the name of Enoch, which means dedication or dedicated. And God says, there's too much evil in the world, and I'm getting ready to bring my judgment. And here God tells them, I'm going to give you 120 years, and then the end will come. Now to get a full perspective of the whole story... We'll go to chapter 6 of Genesis. Let's begin with verse 1 and see the conditions of the world. He says this, Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them. So first of all, we see in the first observation that there was a population explosion going on. One billion people on the earth already, and it was growing. Growing. And then verse 2 says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all of whom they chose. Now, you notice that term sons of God there? It's a term that is used in the Old Testament for angels, angelic beings. Good and bad. In the New Testament, the word sons of God are used for Christians. Those that come to Jesus Christ and give their lives to Christ, they become sons and daughters of God. But in the Old Testament, it's in reference to angels. And we know, as we read verse 3, that God brings this great warning because there was something abnormal going on in the world. And God was ready to bring His judgment. Verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man forever. For He is indeed flesh, and yet His days will be 120 years. Here God draws the line of His grace, of His mercy, and His love for the world. The word to strive here in the Hebrew means to judge or to restrain or to abide. It also is used as to humble or shield or protect. God saw something that bothered him. Because he had created man and placed him on the earth. And yet men had become so degenerated. So wicked. That God said enough. Is enough. In verse 4, look what it says. And there were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, the sons of God came in to the daughters of men. And they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men. Or were of all men renowned. Now something here is developed and it's also exposed to us. That... As these giants were in the land where they're called Nephilims in the Hebrew. And these Nephtalips literally mean the fallen ones. Speaking of demons. Fallen ones. Fallen angels. What they did is they went out. And they began to look for women that they could have intercourse with. And they got pregnant. Have human and have angelic being. When God saw that, it was the end of the age. God said enough is enough. These sons of God came in at night and had sexual adventures with these women and they got pregnant by them. And check this out. Verse 5. He says, and then the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only to do evil continually. God saw that men had become so perverted, so bad, that God said, enough is enough. A hundred and twenty years, and if they don't repent and accept my grace, I'm going to destroy them all. Verse 6, and the Lord was sorry. Notice that, that he had made men on the earth, and that he was grieved in his heart. And then the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I've created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. So God was grieved in his heart when he saw that men would not turn to him, but men began to worship the creature rather than the creator. They became humanistic. They became atheistic. They became a people that had no consciousness of God. And they were doing whatever they wanted to do. Every sin you could imagine in your mind. But among the one billion, there was a family that was godly. God is a remnant. Always. Always. The church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today is the remnant that is going to be taken at the rapture of the church before the last seven years of world history, before the wrath of God comes. God preserves his own. And what is amazing in verse 8, look what it says. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his own generations. And Noah was walking with God. I love that. Walking in fellowship with God. You go back to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. And it says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6 tells you the same thing. Why did he take him? Because he was pleasing to his God. He pleases God. That's why God delivered him. God cannot deliver the unrighteous, only the righteous. Only those that come by faith in Jesus Christ and forsake the world, forsake their old life and they become new creatures in Jesus Christ and they begin to walk a walk of faith in obedience to the word of God. Those are the people God honors. Noah was such a person. His wife, his three sons and their three wives.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We want to help you live in step with God's Word. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also join Raul for straight talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's get some final insights from today's study, Are We Living in the Days of Noah? Check this out.
0: Verse 10, And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Look around you today. The Jesus people movement was a time of love, no hate, but later it became perverted. Today there's a lot of hate among the world. You see that word violence there in the Hebrew? It's a different word. The word corrupt in verse 11 that he uses here in the Hebrew is if you took an apple in your kitchen and you left it outside without touching it for three weeks to a month, what would happen to that apple? It would turn brown and eventually it would rot. And what value would it have only to be thrown into the trash? It would not be eatable. This is the condition of the world, like a rotten apple ready to be trashed. God was warning. God was speaking. You know what I find amazing about God? That here as he's speaking in Genesis chapter 6, he also speaks in Matthew 24 about what God's going to do in the, in the days of Noah, so shall it be, before the Son of Man returns to the earth the second time the same conditions are going to be here. Interesting. We'll see in a moment in Romans... The conditions of this time, if you just go from chapter 6 of Genesis, and you move all the way to chapter 18, where Abraham is interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. In chapter 19, what happens? The judgment of God comes and destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because the gay community had become so aggressive and so violent that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the last sign the aggression of the homosexual community. Open your eyes today. Open your ears. A lot of stuff happening. And people are sleeping. Check this out, something else that I see here. Verse 11. The earth also was corrupt and before the Lord, and the earth was filled with violence, so that God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I'm done. A hundred and twenty years and the end will come. So what does God say? Verse 14. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. The covering of the ark was three stories, one window, one door. Inside of the ark, you could literally have put inside of it 522 railroad carts inside of it. That's how big it was. And God said, bring male and female, clean and unclean of every type of animal and bring it into the ark. And then when Mrs. Noah, Mr. Noah, their three sons and daughter-in-laws went into the ark. What does it say? Noah did not shut himself in. It says the Lord shut the door. And one billion people outside are going to perish. Only eight people survived the flood. The rapture of the church is in the same way. The rapture of the church is for people that are in fellowship with God. Walking by faith, obedient to the word of God. God has promised that he's not appointed to to rapt, to go into the tribulation period. Once the flood came and began to rain and it started flooding really big time. Remember, the whole population of the earth around the globe, every person died and drowned it, which means what? At that particular moment, when the one billion died, hell was filled with one billion people. The first judgment of God. It's really important that we understand this. Because when you look at the world today, what do we have? The worship of Satan. People are marrying and divorcing. Abortion's millions and millions of babies killed. Population explosion. Drugs, alcohol abuse, AIDS, homosexuality, fornication, pride, child molestation, atheism, etc., and etc. These are the sins of the flood. These are the sins of today. Look around. When you come to the New Testament, you read the book of Romans, and Paul is speaking to the Romans. In chapter 118, he says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. It means they were not stupid people. They know there's a God. But they could care less. I'm going to do what I want. I am captain of my own ship. And God's not going to rule over me. Verse 19, he says, Because what may be known as God is manifested in them, for God showed it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the rivers, the ocean, the species of animals and fish. That there is a creator. You see? Because although, he says, they knew God, They did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became empty in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing to be wise. They became stupid, fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, birds, four-footed animals, creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. Who exchange the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. So be it. Every science and biological teacher, every biology teacher that is an atheist doesn't believe in God. He's in this group. God gave them up. He says, for this reason God gave them over to their vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Against what God to us in the garden of Eden Adam and Eve likewise also the men leaving their natural use of women burn in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful to be a homosexual is what? shameful nothing to be proud about don't boast about it and that goes for any sin God loves the sinner but he hates the sin it's a shame to sin He says, burning their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error was due unto them. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness. Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil minded. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And check this out who knowing the righteous judgment of God, they know. Listen. That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but they also approve of those who practice them. Today there's 8 billion people in the earth. Almost 8 billion. And yet God's heart, God's message, God's love... According to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, he says, "The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. What is the heart of God that people would repent? Turn from your sin. Turn to the Lord before it's too late. The judgment of God is coming." He's promised that in His Word. It's really time to allow the Holy Spirit. Like in the times of Noah, what did He say? 120 years, and the end will come. And it did come. And they all perish except for eight people. Eight people that obey God's voice.
1: Well, it is sobering to realize that our world is much like it was in Noah's day, with the vast majority of people rejecting God and living in defiant sin. We hope today's message from Raul has challenged you to stand firm in the Lord and pray for others to repent. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson again, you can get an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for the teaching titled, Are We Living in the Days of Noah? Now, we'd also like to tell you about this entire series exploring the life of Noah. Rawl's 7 Message Study is available to you on an MP3 thumb drive, making it ultra-convenient to take with you and meditate on this Old Testament believer's inspiring example of unwavering faith. Get in touch with us today to order The Life of Noah on a USB drive. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this compilation of seven lessons for a gift of just $10 or more. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, post office box 4440 Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Because it's our mission to get you into the Word of God and learn how to feed yourself on its truth, we've put together a resource that can be a guide. It's our Somebody Loves You app. Whether you have an iPhone or Android, this free app will introduce you to in-depth digital Bible studies on a variety of topics. In addition to that, it comes with a daily reading plan to get you into the scriptures on a routine basis. You can find this resource when you visit somebodylovesyou.com and click on the mobile app link at the top of the page. We are truly blessed by your generous partnership. Your tax-deductible donations keep us on the air. Well, thanks again for joining us on this study of the life of Noah. Join us next time for a new series. Together, we'll consider the life lessons from the Old Testament prophet Jonah. Now, here's Raul with a closing thought from today's message.
0: This is why it's really important for each one of us individually to understand that God not only is calling, but God is knocking in each person's heart. And nobody is ever forced to go to heaven. Nobody is ever forced to go to hell. Every person has a will. And every person makes a decision. Hell was made for the devil and his demons. In Matthew 25, 41 it says, Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You see? Hell is not for men or women. It's for the devil and his angels. But you make the choice to go there by not obeying God's word. You know what he said at the end when he's speaking in the book of Revelation? In chapter 1, he gives you the introduction. Chapter 2 and 3, the seven churches. To every one of the churches, he says this, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Pay attention. What are you going to do? Are you going to repent or are you going to give in and to continue in sin? The choice is yours. I am falling in love
1: with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.